Welcome back to The Q-Files. Your hosts, Shane and Lori, are curious explorers of the weird and strange. And this week, we're taking you on a supernatural animal adventure. Like many of the stories we share, Lori and I were having a late-night text chat. Unfortunately, porch sitting has been off-limits as of late. But we were excitedly discussing cryptids, our past experiences, and our desire to trek into the wilderness and have our own exciting investigation. Gah, just imagine capturing the unknown in the great outdoors. We began discussing ones that would be worth exploring, or potential day trips we could take. And that's when we landed on the mystery of the Crosswick Monster. The Crosswick Monster is named after the small town where it was originally discovered. Crosswick, Ohio is a small community and always has been. One road passes through the village that sits between Dayton and Cincinnati in southwest Ohio, about 20 miles north of another cryptid locale, the Loveland Frogman. Crosswick was founded by James Jennings in 1821. It's been called a paper town, a town created by cartographers as a way to, in essence, copyright their maps. They would add fake towns, and if their map was fraudulently duplicated, this fake town could provide evidence. However, it seems likely that perhaps Crosswick was a planned development that never really took off. Crosswick's sole claim to fame happened in 1882 and has captured the public's imagination with a tale of legend and lore ever since. Back then, the road that crosses through the small village was nothing more than a dirt trail. Residents reported often finding large, unknown tracks in the dirt, often appearing as whatever unknown beast was crossing from one side to the other. Surprisingly, the villagers were not compelled to investigate these tracks, or at least when they first started appearing, folks weren't alarmed. Later, it would be reported that residents were curious and concerned, but the fear of potentially discovering whatever creature was making the tracks led them to not investigate. A simple idea of, if we don't bother it, it won't bother us. Let sleeping dogs lie. Let sleeping dogs lie. While seemingly practical advice at the time, the people of Crosswick would soon discover that the creature had no intention of remaining hidden forever. In May of 1882, the people of this tiny town would have their first encounter with what would become known as the Crosswick Monster. Two boys, brothers, Ed and Joe Lynch, were fishing at a small creek on the south side of town. It was a quiet, serene picture, the creek babbling, the breeze blowing through the trees, when the boys began to notice a strange rustling in the weeds along the bank. Their curiosity peaked the boys went to investigate the strange sounds emanating from the tall grass. However, it was then, before they could make it to the sound, that a gigantic creature burst out of the brush. Rushing at them was a lizard-type creature, described as black and white, snake-like, but with thick legs and yellow spots. They would describe the creature as no less than 30 feet long. The boys, terrified, attempted to flee the scene and run home. However, the monster gave chase, improving itself much faster than the pair. The older brother, Ed, was captured. The creature lunged from behind, grabbing him with its mouth and dragging the boy 100 yards, a football field, to a hollow underground cavern at the base of an ancient sycamore tree. The younger brother, Joe, helplessly witnessing what was happening, began to yell as he watched the reptilian creature drag his brother along the edge of the stream and eventually to the dark den. The screams were eventually heard by a group of nearby men who came rushing to their aid. Reverend Jacob Horn, George Peterson, and Alan Jordan 
Following the screams, arrived to the scene to see Ed limp and lifeless in the monster's mouth and nearly pulled completely under the tree. Springing into action, the three men rushed the creature. It dropped the boy, scurried into the den, and out of reach. The group of men next summoned a local doctor, Dr. Elsie Lukens, so that the attacked boy, Ed, could receive treatment. They also rounded up a posse to hunt down the monster. They found more than 60 locals. Armed with axes, clubs, and hunting dogs, the group set off to the sycamore with the den under it, the last place the creature was ever seen. Intent on destroying whatever it was that attacked the boy, the men set to work chopping and hacking at the large old tree. With dogs encircling the ragtag crew, barking, the men kept working on the tree, anxious but hopeful that the lizard beast would soon show itself. Believing it would escape from the large hole it originally entered at the base of the tree, the posse was surprised when the mysterious animal leapt down from the sky, jumping from a previously unseen hole higher in the large tree. The large creature hit the ground with a thud. The men, immobilized by fear, witnessed the monster stand upright on its heavy hind legs, balanced with its tail, before suddenly sprinting away from the group with an awkward gait. Some of the men, shocked and frightened by the sudden departure of the beast, dove out of the way, allowing it to make its escape unencumbered. Others jumped in to chase down the monster. The posse chased the large lizard creature for nearly a mile, over fences, up hills, around trees. Eventually, as the group was closing in, the monster was finally able to evade the men by diving into a hole among some rocks on the side of a hill. The mobs surrounded the spot, their weapons and dogs at hand, waiting for the mysterious animal to emerge. The men kept watch for a while, while others searched for a potential exit. Having found no other way out from the new den, the men stayed a while longer, before eventually departing, believing that it must have escaped from another hole that was not immediately identified. The animal, which would become known as the Crosswick Monster, was described by the adult men as being roughly 12 feet long and covered with scaly skin. It was black and white with dull yellow spots. It had a wide head, feet that were nearly 12 inches long, and a devilishly forked tongue. Researchers have later suggested, based on the historical description, that the Crosswick monster may have been a lost and likely bewildered monitor lizard. While it is rare for a monitor lizard to reach this size, it is not uncommon for them to reach 8 to 10 feet in length. Ed, the boy that was attacked, recovered. Dr. Lukens reported in the Cincinnati Enquirer that he was in severe shock and suffered from spasms and convulsions. Ed returned home safe, though he likely didn't wander off to go fishing much any longer. He would eventually leave the town and state due to the constant attention and inquiries about his horrifying experience. Yeah, the Crosswick monster. Well, I asked my cousin Greg about this story. You know, he has been hunting and trapping in the wilds of Ohio forever. And he said this. I have. I have. I've never seen one, <laughs> but I have heard of it. It, it was a... Yeah, it, it was... When I was younger, I remember, and it's been a lot of years ago, somebody saying about that, and I don't know if the parents did it to make the kids come in at night or what, but I did hear of it. 
What a great idea. To use a myth of a rampant reptile monster to scare the kids into coming home at night? Remember, this was the 1970s, Stranger Things time, and it worked. But yet the story triggered a memory for me with my cousin. The two kids, out in a boat, out on an empty lake. I remember I had a Zebco, a, a big Zebco rod and reel that I think I got for my birthday that I was so excited to go there and, and with you to go fishing. And I remember Grandpa carrying the battery down to the lake to put it on the trolling motor because we couldn't carry it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we catch a monster. <laughs> what, what, what chance is that? That's right. We were so young that we weren't even strong enough to carry down the battery to the boat. It was probably around 1972 or 1973, and yeah, we went out on a boat on a lake, and we caught a monster. I'll let my cousin, Greg Brown, take the story from here. We, we was in Tycoon Lake in southern Ohio, me and Lori, my cousin, and we were maybe 12 and 11, and, and believe this or not, we're in a boat, our grandparents, the, great, the greatest grandparents you'd ever have. It had a trolling motor and oars on it. And we didn't even have life jackets, but we had these seat cushions that was floatable. If somebody would fall out of the boat, you'd throw it to them. Now, mind you, we're both out in this lake. And I hooked this, whatever it was, I... I to this day, and I fish and everything, started pulling the boat all around. And Lori's screaming, and I, I don't know how long it took to, to, to get this thing up beside the boat. But it had, it was really, really weird. Had red gills on it. To this day, I, I, can, <clears throat> I can still see it. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a, a, a mudfish or what it was, but luckily it jumped off the hook. <laughs> we didn't get it in the boat, but it pulled us around forever. You remember that, don't you, Lord? I sure do, and let me tell you how I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> I remember exactly that, and that it actually was pulling. Like we, the, the, that's what freaked us out. The boat was moving. Yes. Yes. But I remember you pulling it into the boat and mm -hmm. you it started crawling around the boat on those four legs and yeah. it like it barked at us like it squawked <laughs> it had this yes. noise that wasn't yes. like a, a catfish or anything it was like a bark. In <laughs> yeah. uh, I I you know I I remember and, you know, we fished so much together on yeah. that. And, and, you know, I remember seeing it. It was ugly. It was It real. was ugly. Yeah. It was and ugly. it's, um, those, those, uh, gills would like, yes. uh, flower big, out like red, big red. gills. Yeah. Big red. Big red. Yep. And I remember him, all I remember is him chasing me around the boat. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think, um, and in my in my memory, he was about four feet long. I think you said you think he was eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, oh! I can say it was big. It was, it was big. big. It was, it was big. big, and it was aggressive, and uh-huh. it was running. You know, so the the fact that it had legs too, and that's what reminded me right. of this reptile thing, is it mm-hmm. kind of hopped, and I remember. It, hopping up on one of the seats and uh-huh. you know then it was looking at me and it was barking and you know <laughs> I had dreams about that whether uh-huh. it was really what happened or what I thought happened I have had I right. this day off and on I'll have a, oh. a a mud puppy a mud puppy dream um yes you know or something uh-huh. about that yeah I, I I really do remember how ugly it was I I I I do remember that. Now, I, do I you really ever do. remember catching anything like that since that? No, no, no. Wow. Now, you know, I, I have um, mud, mud puppies. I have actually seen them where mm-hmm. um, it was a tech lake over by my mom and dad's old house. One night we was back there catfishing and we had one of those butane like lights or whatever and I seen something crawling on the bank and it had legs and sort of looked like it but it was real little and I do remember that that's but but nothing the size that what we did yeah because remember those little ones grow into something big like 13 feet long you don't know it was big It was really big, and all I could do was scream. We laugh now of the distance of time that allows us such present jovial nostalgia, but it was damn scary. I remember you screaming. That's that's one thing I I was thinking the other night. I remember you screaming, holding on to the the two handles on that float on on the seat. This thing's pulling us around in circles. This was something truly incredible. I fished in Canada. I fished in Florida. I fished about everywhere. And to this day, I've never caught or seen something like that. I mean, I really haven't. And so what makes up the monsters of our reality and our imagination? You know, our human nature is when something happens, we want to know what it is. If if you can't understand it or know what it is, yeah, don't want none of that. I mean, you know, it's just our my human nature anyway. What we don't know, that is what we see as monsters. And I will tell you myself, it was terrifying. But if there might be one goal of our human existence, it might be to see the unexplainable as wondrous and not as monsters that we should hunt down and kill. And oddly enough, this youthful encounter with that unknowable nature actually has, over time, made me more appreciative of its wonder, made me obsessed by nature itself and even its uglier parts. I'm working on this all, but until I get it right, I'll still be telling the story of the monster of Tycoon Lake. 
And that's how myths and legends are made. But just think about it. We pluck that big, weird, creepy creature up from the muddy, deep bottom of the lake where he was peacefully living, as well just as whatever he was. He was not seeking us. He was just looking for food. But we caught him with a big old hook. So in the end, I ask you, who are the real monsters? Hey folks, thanks for spending some time with us. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends and leave a review. This show was created and produced by me, Shane McClelland, and Lori Gum. Until next time, friends, be weird, stay curious. These are the Q-Files.